Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 90 and 60 Plus. My name is Christian, guys, and joining me on this very special episode, our 50th episode, guys, are the three usual co-hosts, the three usual suspects. We got with us our friend Saul. Yo. We also have with us Chris. What's up? And Aldo. Aldo, how you doing? What in the world is up, guys? I'm good. How about you, Chris? Hey, man, you know, I'm feeling under the weather, but not going to stop me from making the 50th episode. Notice how I didn't ask Chris or Soul how they're doing, because I don't care. <laughs> man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Chris, how you doing, man? How's the week been treating you? It's been good. I got a new place next week. It's going to be fun to move out and then move back in, which kind of sucks, but whatever. So what about you, man? How you doing? You know, can't complain. Moved into my new place, so doing good. Yeah. All right, guys. Episode fifty, guys. I don't know how many months or days or weeks it's been, but fifty. Well, it's been fifty weeks, duh. But <laughs> no, we made it, y'all. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> well, technically, it hasn't been fifty weeks. Cause remember, some weeks we skipped out on it. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We like Christmas. Was it Christmas and Thanksgiving week? I think. Yeah. And then, like a couple a month or two ago, we skipped two because we're like, there's nothing to talk about. So we're like, we're like, we'll skip a week and see if it's interesting. Another week. This was like yeah. back in May when the season ended or some shit. But no, guys, it's been pretty consistent from the four of us here. So, just to run it back down to memory lane, I want to ask all of you guys, what has been your either favorite podcast episode we recorded? Favorite moment, moment, funniest moment, or just anything really to, you know, take a trip down memory lane. So, Aldo, I'll start with you, man. What's your moment here on the pod? <laughs> I mean, I think um, my favorite moment or my favorite episode was uh, when we recorded in person, uh, when we almost had all four of us in the same spot. I think it was like the uh, the day before the Champions League final. So that, that was kind of fun for me. That, I, I really liked that one episode. Yeah, the one where Saul yeah, ghost mode. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Chris, what about you, bro? You can't me. say this. No, you can't say the same one. You got to pick a different one. <laughs> bro, stop trying to use me. That's the one I was thinking. Bro, that's like five times already. <laughs> bro, you know what you said? That because that's the only one he remembers. <laughs> No, there's going to be another moment for you, Chris. What is it? Mm-hmm. Most of them are very similar. I think that one was the one that stood out the most. Damn, bro, what a boring-ass answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you celebrate 50 episodes? Hell yeah. Damn. All right, because we're short on time. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to press you too hard on it. So what about you, bro? <laughs> What's been your favorite moment or episode or funniest moment? Uh, well, there's two. The first one, technically, is not my favorite episode. But it was just, um, I guess it's that we actually started it was why I like it. Because even though the episode was shit, looking back at it, you know, we talked a lot and covered a lot of unnecessary stuff. But just um, actually starting the podcast, you know, after talking about it for so long, and joking about it, so then to actually start it was, it was like, uh, that's why I liked it. But then, I can't. I did, my other, my actual favorite episode was, it, 
I don't know what episode exactly it is, but I remember it was we had really nothing to talk about, so we just started um, shooting the shit, and we ended up staying till like it's like twelve. It was like twelve in the morning or something, because we were just we just couldn't stay on topic because we were shooting the shit so much. But I'd say that was my favorite episode. But I I, I don't know what number that one was. Not for you guys. Yeah, for me, I don't know if this is my favorite, but it's one that sticks out the most. Uh, it was our. That's what well, she honestly. Said. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Well, now looking back, dude, honestly, I think my favorite moments from this pod have been moments where we talk about La Selección or El Tri, you know, the Mexican national team, because that's where I think my passion for football or soccer started. So, any time we talk about them, even though it's been mostly in a negative light recently, it's you know the times where I enjoy it the most. I remember one time, Chris asked all of us if we preferred Chicharito or Jimenez, and we had a good 20-minute conversation about that. Um, I listened to that one not too long ago, and yeah, it was a good conversation, but more recently, I don't know if this was our favorite or my favorite, but uh, I think Saul was kind of alluding to it when we stayed up till midnight building our team of the season, and Chris, this guy Chris, he kept on going every five minutes. I know we're not going to agree, so I'm going to go with Phil Foden. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the amount of times Chris has referenced Foden in just a, a funny way in this podcast, it's always made me laugh, always made me smile. So, yeah, um, I guess Foden has a special place in my heart now. <laughs> Psych, Pedri's better. No, I'm just playing. I knew something was going on. <laughs> no, but... Oh, shit. By the way, dude, not, since you brought up Mexico, just remind me, today actually marks 10 years, bro, since... Uh, Mexico won the the gold medal in the Olympics. So it's been a whole decade. Yeah, no one cares. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I actually remember that game. I like that game. No, but um, yeah, we took a stroll down memory lane. Uh, real quick, just before we move on, what do you guys look forward to in the future from this podcast? You guys have any bigger expectations or? What's going on? Oh, nice. Yeah, I guess it's just that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just growing and hopefully, you know, um, if this grows big enough, we don't have to actually get jobs in the real world. In the real world. So, it, yeah, just growing pretty much, just progressing forward. Just seeing that there's progress is my main goal. Yeah, we could also be moving on into new medias now that the new season has started. Oh yeah, we got TikTok and shit now. You might even see us on OnlyFans. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. Nah, but seriously, I mean, it's always fun talking to you guys, doing this week by week. So I, I hope to keep this going. I hope to improve, you know, learn from where... God damn it, fucking traffic. Bro, you're driving? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just in my room recording. Oh, okay. It's, it's the quatches, man. Los taquaches y quemacur. But yeah, I hope you know to keep just keep doing this, having fun, improving, and and we'll see where it takes us. You know, enjoy the process. Agreed, guys. We definitely come a long way from when we first started. You know, we got intro music now. We got. Nice little edits here and there. We got videos out on Twitter and TikTok. So, yeah, I just am excited to see where this goes. And like Saul said, hopefully one day we can all quit our day jobs and 
rent out a little office somewhere in East Aurora, you know, somewhere real ghetto off of Colfax. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm not <laughs> trying to get stabbed. <laughs> and yeah, maybe we can be the next American Football Daily, but hey, only time will tell. So let's get straight into the podcast this week, guys. Um, we're actually going to bring back a segment now that the season is officially kicked off, and it's our biggest takeaways. You know, they can either be hit or miss, but I'm interested to see what y'all brought to the table. So who wants to go first? I'll go first since my topic uh, is not going to be talked about now, but it's going to be talked about later. It's uh, is that Barca uh, can't register all of their signings at the moment. So, yeah, but we'll talk about that in depth later. You know, my biggest takeaway this week was uh, noticing how Haaland just fit into the team. I feel like we haven't had a presence up top, like a true number nine in a long time and uh for him to come and score two goals on his debut it's pretty good to see boy one was a penalty calm down <laughs> reminds me of another man city player that scored twice on his debut boy that was Cuneguero. but Cune. i think he, didn't he's uh, he didn't score from a penalty though I think it was open uh, play. Yeah, that's true. Man, I fell asleep in that game, which kind of sucks. I really wanted to watch it. But no, I mean, what's your biggest takeaway, Chris? I mean, bro, mine, um, I was kind of dependent on what y'all and we're going to talk about because I wanted to mention either the UEFA Super Cup or the Liga Mekis versus MLS All-Star game, but no one mentioned it yet, so I guess I'll just mention both. Um, yeah, to the Super Cup, I'm interested because obviously I think we all knew going into the game Real Madrid would win, but um, now that the Conference League is a thing, I was just curious to see if you guys think that implementing like a third playoff match between the Conference League and the Europa League winners, and then the winner of that match faces the Champions League winner, maybe that's something that can be Im- implemented in the future. I think that's interesting. And then as far as the All-Star game goes... I mean, yeah, it gets a lot of criticism for being Americanized and all that stuff. But no, ultimately, it is, it is for fun. It's an exhibition. That and it's, uh, along with the skills challenge, I think it's a lot of fun to watch. But no, I think overall it just shows and showcases how much talent is in the CONCACAF region or North America region. So yeah, uh, two for one there. I did see the game. I mean, not the game. The, I did see a little clip of... Fuck, uh, who was of Antuna and what was the other player? Of who? I heard Antuna was ass. I heard he was an employee. Yeah, it was. So that little clip I saw was it was like uh, that little game where he like passes it or flicks it up to the other player. The other player tries to control it and get it into one of the buckets to get points. Hmm. And they cannot make a single one. Antuna couldn't even lift the ball. They just passes were atrocious. So, so, well, I know how you feel, Christian, but you all the what? Are you, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Do you actually care about it? Just personally, I couldn't care less about those those games. I think they're just money grabs, and that's all there is to it. I mean, oh no, don't get me wrong. I don't even still... think the I don't even think the play, some of the players take it seriously. And you know, when players don't take it seriously, like I can't be bothered to care about it either. Well, I mean, I don't really care about it. It is a money grab, but 
I mean, still, you kind of have to go in it. Because like, if, if, if I'm being, a, if I'm going to be watched, if I'm going to be doing something, right? And supposedly I'm a, I'm a professional and I'm going to be watched regardless if it's, you know, worth something or not to me. I still got to like show that I can do simple things, you know? Like the the essentials, the basics, the ABCs, one two threes, and Antuna was not even doing that. So I don't really care about it. Like as a fan, I don't. I, I didn't watch it. I just saw that one clip on Twitter. But if I was in it, I would still try to do the basics at least. You, Chris, I know you don't really care about the MLS and Mexican League, but you have any thoughts, like? Not necessarily relating, but about like overall, like this stuff. When you do like a, the MLS All Star stuff, do you any thoughts, Chris, or you just don't care? Yeah. On the MLS All Stars match? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know much about the MLS. I did not watch this game. But, I mean, I know there were some big names transferred over there to Europe, Insigne being one of them. But we'll see how he does over there. Wait, Aldo, did you actually give your biggest takeaway or not really? I did not. I was kind of trying to avoid it, but... Uh, I'll let you get off the hook with it. No, it's too late now. I got to say now. Well, my biggest takeaway is that United is still ass. You know, but I guess it wasn't a takeaway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but all in all, hashtag Glazers out. Hashtag empty Old Trafford. Nice. All right. Well, I think that segues beautifully into our Premier League recap from the weekend. So, I mean, we say it all the time. Premier League is probably the biggest league in Europe, probably the world. But it was nice to have it back. On our TV screens this weekend, you know, Premier League mornings are back. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about, guys. But, as always, I'll throw it out to y'all and see what you guys want to talk about first. I mean, I think all those segued perfectly into it, and it's not United is ass. I mean, am I surprised? No, because I called it last week that Brighton would win. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I expected a... A bit more from them. I thought their play style or their overall function as a team would at least improve, but it didn't really look like like it did. Yeah, dude, offensively and defensively, United were atrocious. I mean, I think the only player that showed any glimpse of promise was Lissandro Martinez, and, you know, good for him being a new signing, but as far as the rest of the squad, you can look in the bag from Maguire to... All the way up top to Rashford. I mean, there was just so many missed chances, so many mistakes, so many errors. I don't want to say too much because, or else we'd be here forever. But yeah, uh, expected more to to say the least. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who's at the helm at Man United if they're not going to be making any changes. I know they said they were going to release a lot of players this summer, but the squad looks even weaker than it did last. And, uh, yeah, they're in trouble. They might not even make it to top six this season because 
They've not made any reinforcements. That midfield is still the weakest in the top six. And it looks like they're losing out on Frankie de Jong. So it's not easy being a Man United fan nowadays. It's not, you know. Although, although before you answer this, really I just want to, I just want to quickly say, I want you to give your thoughts on, uh, on being linked to um, Rabiot. Uh, oh, some United, some United fans are hyped. Well, not hyped, but they're like, at least it's an upgrade from a Tomine. And other fans are like, is this really the best we're gonna get? So, yeah, you, know, you... bro. It's the same shit. Literally. It's just one Scottish and one's French. Still shit. But I mean, come on. It's it's so hard to be a United fan right now just because everything that's been ha- that happened, you know, in the last three decades that's just going to shit in this very last decade right now. I mean Last time we won a title, 2013. We're we're getting we're about to go into 2023. You know, it's been a decade of struggling, and it all comes down to the owners, the fucking Glazers, man. So I actually look more about into that. Like I swear, there's so much nepotism in that fucking board of directors. You have no idea. Because like I literally looked at who the board of directors were and I think like six out of twelve of them were Glazers. So what the fuck, bro? So they really need to get out. They really brought brought this club down. Um I would I wouldn't be shocked to see going in the same route as Barca is. But man. It's just really atrocious and it's really hard to be a United fan right now because of that. I really hope things turn around. I mean, it's kind of like Ralph Franklin said, you know, and a lot of people did criticize him for saying these things, but in order to fix United, it doesn't require, you know, you know, some stitches here and there. It requires a whole open heart surgery, you know, but I can't do much about it, which is kind of sucks, you know, being just one individual. I hope many others can do more. You know, that's why the empty Old Trafford, I th- that I've been seeing on Twitter. Hopefully that does some effect. I've also heard reports of Karen who it was, but apparently that they want to try and buy United. I, I don't think that's going to be true. Um, that's just false hope. But it really does need a change. And it starts with them. Yeah, bro, I was just going to say, I feel bad for y'all. I mean, y'all spent, what was it, three months chasing Frankie de Jong just... Practically wasted your time. I mean, you can partially you can partially blame Ten Hag because he was so insistent on him that you know you probably thought they had an agreement, but then all of a sudden here comes Chelsea, and then supposedly they're willing to pay his deferred wages, and supposedly United is open to paying some of his deferred wages now. So some fans are upset because they're like, "We wasted three months, and then all of a sudden Chelsea come in, and now you're." open to paying some of his deferred wages and so yeah just three months I, wasted I just to end up on Rabiot oh yeah don't get me wrong I really don't want to get Rabiot I, I I really don't want to get Rabiot 
But you don't you don't think he's even in the slightest an upgrade from McTominay? No way, dude. Because I mean the bar the bar is set pretty low with McTominay, if I'm being honest from what I've heard from United fans. Yeah, but you gotta think about the the things he's gonna bring off the pitch too. I mean, sure, maybe he's a slight upgrade, which I don't think so, but other people do, I guess. But think about the the traits he's gonna bring off the pitch. He's bringing his toxic mom. He's bringing those toxic traits to an already toxic and what it looks like broken down uh, dressing room. United doesn't need that right now, especially not at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want him. I really don't. Um, and again, it sucks because I'm just an individual. I can say all these things. I can have my rant. But at the end of the day, for now, they're the ones calling the shots. Do you think? Do you think Ronaldo's leaving or not? I don't. I mean, I don't think he. If he was going to be gone, he would have left by now. If I'm being honest, because the when does the window close? August thirty first, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's August 10th right now, so there's still, I mean, August 11th, so there's a good 20 days left. If he would have yeah. left, he probably would have left by now already, whether it was to Chelsea, to Bayern, to Atletico, to um, Real Madrid, apparently was, to any of those clubs, he would have left by now. Yeah. I think the only real thing I really see him leaving for potentially, is maybe a move back to Portugal at this point in his career. Because the reason he wants to leave is because of Champions League football, okay? Why not go back to Sporting Lisbon? They're in Champions League. It's your boyhood club. You're towards the end of your career. Why not? You know, I I still I think he's gonna end up staying, but not by his choice. I think it's just well, technically by his choice, but I just think no one wants to pay the wages he wants, and that's the reason he's gonna end up staying there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a brighter side of Manchester. I mean, I think Chris mentioned it in his takeaway, but dude, City 2-0, thanks Sterling Holland. Uh, I wouldn't say an impressive debut, but I think actually the man of the match was Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, not sure if you guys saw that pass, that through ball that assists for his second goal, and Holland just does what he does best. But no, I think City will, will be very scary this season. I mean, West Ham's no slouch. They're no weak opponent by any means, and the way City just dismantled them and completely blew them open, I think it's only an indication of what's to come. So yeah, bright future ahead of him. Honestly, I think this whole weekend of the Premier League was uh, covered by number nines. You know, we got Holland, we got Nunez scoring a beautiful backheel on his debut as well. Gabriel Jesus started well for Arsenal. Mitrovic for Fulham. I mean, there's so much to talk yeah. about as far as number nines in the Premier League. But yeah, overall, a good weekend for all of them. Yeah, I wanted to say another number nine this week that played was Julian Alvarez. He had a short 20, 30-minute play at the end of the game there and he was pressing like crazy the whole time so it's good to see it's good to see that it's good to see the hunger and he reminds me of uh, Gabriel Jesus the way he was pressing 
dude, what about Gabriel Jesus? Everyone was expecting him to have a really good opening weekend and nothing. Well, to be fair, he did. He made a couple runs and he just got unlucky with either a bad touch at the end or the defense stepped in at the right time because he had two that should have been goals and you know defense came in clutch. Yeah, but that's the that's Jesus for you. I don't think anybody was expecting him to be a lethal poacher because he's never been that. He's always been more about the build-up, more about creating space for his teammates. Do you guys remember last week on the podcast where we talked about maybe Arsenal go back to a back three to facilitate Saliba, White, and Gabriel on the same lineup? Not sure if it was a back three this week. It might have just been a regular back four with Ben White as the right back, but no, either way. All four of them, or excuse me, all three of them got onto the pitch at the same time and defensively really solid. You know, Ramsdale made crucial saves when he was called into action, but all around I think it was also a really good defensive showing by Arsenal. Dude, Saliba, what a player he's going to be at. I was also impressed by how just how they have an identity now. I remember when Arteta first came in, they looked lost and they were not playing good football, but it looks like they have their Arsenal magic back to them, which is good to see. Something that Man United is lacking. And I think another, no shit, Chris. <laughs> another <laughs> team would be Spurs. I think I underestimated them saying they weren't going to make it to top four in the predictions, but they look really good this season. Dude, 4-1 and Kulisevsky leaving... Starting where he left off last season, really impressive, really impressive finish. But yeah, dude, Spurs, great showing. Um, Chelsea, not as great showing, but you know we're still able to get to the win against Everton, which doesn't really say much. Uh, Kukurea got his debut, looked fairly impressive in the few minutes that he got. But one game that I want to talk about a little bit more is that Fulham and Liverpool result because I never saw all the way back in the Champions League final, mentioned this about Trent Alexander-Arnold, how he's not the best defensive right back. And I think his defensive frailty showed in this game, especially with that first goal to Fulham, or what might have been the second one, but he left his man completely unmarked, and that led to the open header. And yeah, um, I don't think that he will be England's starting right back at the World Cup this winter because of that. Yeah, dude, I mean... By the way, Mitrovic also picking up where he left off from the championship. Very good game against Liverpool. Two goals. You know, what else can we say about that guy? Hopefully he continues his form in the Prem. Uh, but, yeah, he, you know, Trent left him wide open for that open header, like you just said. So he's never been the best defensively for me. And I remember we we talked about this like in other episodes, where he's very good offensively, very prone defensively, just like many, many, you know, modern day fullbacks. But only time will tell what really happens for the World Cup. All right, y'all. Wait, before we move, I just want to say I think. Liverpool's weakness has been—it's been exposed last season too. But they just really, for some reason, struggle with those over-the-top through balls. I mean, we saw it versus 
uh, Brentford last season. I think it was like the first or second game, but they had that one game that was like four four or something. It was pretty much Brentford just doing those over the top through balls, and Liverpool for some reason just couldn't deal with. It. I don't know. It's because of the high line they play, and that they only leave two center backs behind or what. They, they and that's just what Fulham was doing too. They just Liverpool just can't seem to figure that out yet. All right, y'all, before we move on from the Premier League, one more match I want to talk about. Now, for those of you that don't know, I identify as a U.S. citizen, so the true American in me is coming out. <laughs> um, Leeds United <Boy>. beating... <laughs> Le- <laughs> no, Leeds United beating Wolves. And, you know, we talked about how underwhelming both of these squads look coming into the season, but uh, Leeds, uh, the rightful winner, I believe, you know, impressive debut by Tyler Adams, by Brendan Aronson, who... Although it was an own goal, he still showed the instinct to get into the box and get that touch, but not very impressive, and I think it's going to be indicative of how lead season go and how Wolves season is going to go, so that was the last point I wanted to make on the Premier League, unless anyone else wants to say anything. Yeah, I don't know why I put Leeds getting relegated this season. <laughs> yeah, nah, bro, it's too late. Told you, Chris. <laughs> we all told you, homie. But either way, it's still just the first game of the season. I mean, we can't get too carried away. So, But there's still, what, 37 games left to go? All right, let's move on, guys. we got a lot else to talk about. (laughs) Um, I mean, thankfully, the next two leagues are Farmers Leagues, and not a lot happened apart from, you know, the champions from last season, Bayern and PSG, dumping their opponents. Bayern 6-1 to Europa League champions, Frankfurt and PSG, 5-0 to Clermont Foot. Um, not much to talk about there, unless when you guys want to talk in depth about that match or another match. It's up to y'all. I was going to say, when you mentioned earlier that if any of us were surprised, of, uh, of, of, well, if any of us thought that Frankfurt was going to beat Real Madrid or pull upset, I think a lot of us said no because, you know, we watched this match. Well, they didn't watch it, but we saw the scoreline that it was 6-1, and I was like, yeah, they definitely have no hope against Real Madrid. I'm not sure if you guys actually saw the game or the highlights, but there was one goal in particular. I think it was the first one by Joshua Kimmich. It was off a free kick. It was off a set piece, but I just thought it was so intelligent by him because, you know, I think it was in the open opening 10 minutes. The stadium was covered in fog thanks to flares, and Kimmich saw this gap between the goalkeeper in his far post and it was covered by smoke so he intelligently just curved the ball around the wall and the goalkeeper saw it at the very last second because of the fog because of the smoke and it went in it was a beautiful goal and I just thought that was so intelligent by Kimmich in that moment I know elements were a factor but nevertheless beautiful I have to see that goal the way you described it makes me admire it even without seeing it because yeah, a big part of the game is you you have to adapt, you know, adapt to the surroundings, adapt to who you're playing. And the way you described it, it sounds like a great goal. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, so in the Bundesliga, there is that. Dortmund, they beat Leverkusen 1-0, um, thanks to a goal by Marco Royce. And Leipzig, they start off their campaign with a draw with Stuttgart, but... I think we mentioned it before the pod. I don't think we actually mentioned it on the pod, but Timo Werner, he's coming back home, coming back home to RB Leipzig. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be very interested to see how he adapts back to life in Germany. Maybe he helps him out. I think arguably 
Leipzig is a stronger team than when he right now than when he left in the first place. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he slots into that team, if at all. I don't know if he'll be a starter, but no, it'll be interesting. And you know, any competition for Bayern is good competition. So I think it'll all be for the better. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be cool to see if he gets back to his form that he was when he was there last time because it looks like at Chelsea he was not performing at the same level. Who did I say was going to finish second last week in the Bundesliga? It was either Leipzig or Dortmund or Leipzig. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, I'm putting Leipzig second now. I'm pretty sure it's a Leipzig because I didn't trust Dortmund's coach, but with Werner, I definitely think they'll end up second. Maybe possibly push for the title because they've made some other interesting signings. But I don't no, you did say Leipzig. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'll keep it like that. Christopher Nkunku staying another year. Oof. Yeah, people were talking about that partnership, that like Nkunku feeding Werner those through balls, and like it's going to be sexy. So I was like, oh, damn. All right, and then Ligon, I mean, nothing to talk about besides PSG thumping Clement Foot, but I mean, one video that made the rounds this week on social media Messi with that beautiful overhead kick. Uh, yeah, I think, again, adapted very well to the environment. You know, turned around, brought it down in his chest, and I wouldn't really call it a bicycle. He kind of just fell backwards to meet the ball and meet its elevation. But nevertheless, beautiful. I've never seen, uh, like, a lobbed bicycle kick, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, that was definitely one for the highlight reel. Pretty cool. Boy. That was an average bicycle kick, just saying. Oh, league unrelated. Uh, Aaron Ramsey scored in his debut for Nice, so that's nice to see. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's all for those Farmers Leagues. Although, do you want to bring back your infamous Moo from last season? True. Anyway, as I was about to say, I think these, uh, you know, these Farmers Leagues have been getting a little bit more... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, the... Two leagues that are part of the top five in Europe that did not kick off this week, or excuse me, last week, but will kick off this upcoming weekend are La Liga and Serie A. So we're going to predict those uh, this upcoming week, or I guess on this podcast. Damn it, I lost my whole trail of thought. But yeah, which one do you all want to start with, La Liga or Serie A? I'll say Serie A because I feel we have a lot more to talk about in La Liga, or I might be wrong. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. So Serie A. And for my money, was the most entertaining table or entertaining league to watch last season. And I expect the 2022-23 season to be no different. But just to remind everyone, last season, AC Milan finished first. I think this season, positions one through four get Champions League football. Fifth place gets Europa. And sixth gets Conference. So let's just predict one through six. So who wants to go first? Who wants to make a fool of themselves first? I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm going to say Inter wins the league. Oh, because they got Lukaku back. And yeah, um, I think AC Milan will finish second, but I do think they'll push them. Juventus, uh, I'll say they finished third. Um, I think, well, this is tough. I think La. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go. Ace A Roma is gonna finish fourth and qualify, 
And then I think it's going to be Lazio and Napoli. Either those two will finish fifth and sixth. You can flip flop it however you want. But those will finish in those fifth and sixth. Do you guys really think Lukaku is enough to push Inter over the the edge of the season? No, I think so. It's because AC Milan. If you look at it, they haven't a lot of done done a lot of transfer signings. I mean, their biggest. I mean, they signed uh, Char de Ketlar from Club Rouge. And they signed Origi. And besides that, they haven't really signed anyone that you'd be like, oh, they reinforced themselves. But they've more uh, kept the squad together. So. They did. They did pretty much keep the squad together. And that's why I think they're going to finish first. They're going to go again back to back. Um,. I actually think second is going to be, um, oh crap, what's his name? Juventus. And Inter is going to be third. I agree with Saul uh, being, having Roma as fourth. That's not a bad shout. And then I, th- I think, I think Napoli is going to have the edge over Lazio. Yeah, at fifth, and then that's you at sixth. That's my prediction right there. They've made some good signings, though. They signed Romagnoli from AC Milan. Who, Lazio or Napoli? Yeah, Lazio. They signed Serbi. I just don't think it's going to be. It's your your prediction at the end of the day. What am I doing here trying to convince you? Yep. Yeah, no, I don't think, think. Sorry, what? Mm, no, I was just saying that I don't think it's going to be enough, but what were you going to say? I was going to say none of you guys think Juve has a chance? No. Not, not yet. No. I don't think not yet. I think there's still a few signings away. I mean, look at the center backs. They're Bonucci and someone yeah. else. Right after losing the lead. Yeah, yep. I don't think they've done enough. I mean, they've reinforced well in some positions, but in others, they haven't done enough. I would, that would merit me believing in them more. I mean, even... I don't trust their coach either. I mean, Vlaovic struggled the second part of last season a bit. They've made some good signings. All right, Chris, you have the floor. You want to just go ahead and give your predictions? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, I'm stuck between Inter and Juve in first place. I think Inter will edge it out this season. I think you guys are right. Juve does need a couple more reinforcements. So I'm going to go Inter first, Juve second. Roma, I think it's going to be Roma third, and AC Milan fourth. What about 5th and 6th, Chris? Europa League and Conference League places. Mm, I think... Might be Napoli in 5th. And... Uh, maybe Fiorentina 6th. Outrageous. Interesting. <laughs> Alright, guys. For me, 
I got a surprise winner coming up this season for Serie A. Am I crazy to say I think Roma will win the Serie A this season and finish first? It's not crazy. Yeah, bro. I, I believe they have the talent. I just don't feel they have the depth. That's why I see them finishing fourth. Like yeah. you saying, that crazy show. I don't know, dude. I think Jose Mourinho and Dybala will really push them over the edge and Matic and amongst other signings. No, they got a solid squad, dude. I mean, yeah, they don't have the depth, but I mean, arguably Milan didn't have the depth last season. Look what they achieved. So, yeah, I'm going to go off on a limb and say Roma finished first and get crowned Serie A champions for the first time in who knows how long. But, yeah, I'm going to say Roma first. And honestly, I think Milan, AC Milan will finish second. And Inter will finish third. I don't know, dude. Lukaku, I I just remember at the beginning of last season, me and Chris hyped up that signing so much for Chelsea, and we backed him to be top goal scorer to push Chelsea to the Premier League title, neither of which happened. So I don't have much expectations for him going back to Inter. Um, fourth, fourth, I'm going to say Juventus, just because I think they've lost so many key players, and they haven't really strengthened in the areas where they lost those players. Fifth, Oh, uh, dude, we all agree on Napoli finishing fifth, and I think it's so sad. Oh, actually, no. Solis said Napoli will finish sixth, but all of us said they were going to finish in fifth. But yeah, they've had a really poor transfer window, similar to Juve, losing key players and not bringing enough in. So I think they'll finish just in that Europa League spot. And then sixth. Uh, I mean, Chris said Fiorentina. Aldo said Lazio. Uh, I think I'll go with another outside shout. I think I'm going to say Atalanta will finish sixth. And yeah. yeah just about to mention, does anyone think uh, Atlanta's going to have a resurgence that you mentioned? But yeah, now that you mentioned Lampoli, they lost arguably their best player in Koulibaly, so I'm not feeling too confident about where I put them. Bro, what you mean? You put them in six. <laughs> yeah, but... You don't they think they'll even Koulibaly. finish six? Dude, they lost Koulibaly and Insigne and haven't replaced either of them. They also lost Dres Mertens. Yep. Yeah. Dude, poor Chuki. Gonna be up there all alone this season. I mean, they're already... Who's that one team that's in talk with? Uh, Fabian Ruiz? I think it's PSG. PSG. I think I heard Man United was as well, but if PSG's in there, then there's no way. Man United get him. Yeah. I mean, there, there's talks about... Yeah, it is PSG because there's talks about them getting Kaylor Navas in a separate deal. But, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I think they're going to struggle this season. But you know we'll what? see I'm, what I'm happens. I'm going to make a rogue show. I'm going to change it. I'm going to say Atalanta finished sixth. I don't think Napoli's going to finish. I think they'll finish in conference league places. I don't think... I don't think they've reinforced themselves enough and I don't think... Any other players are going to step up big time to uh, make up for those players' loss. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, guys, we'll see what happens this season. I don't think any of us... Well, yeah, I think Aldo predicted AC Milan to win last season. But uh, as far as the vast majority of people, I don't think a lot of people picked Milan to finish first. But, hey, man, that's football. So moving on to the next big league in Europe. It is La Liga. It also kicks off this weekend. And I think this season will be a very interesting season, depending on if one certain team can get their players registered. But yeah, <laughs> La Liga, guys. Um, 
Same as Serie A, first to fourth get champions, fifth gets Europa, and sixth gets your conference league. So, again, who wants to start and who wants to make a fool of themselves? Dude. I think it's not oh, fair. Sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. Go, so. No, what are you going to start? I was going to quickly say, since I mentioned it earlier about Barca not being able to register the players, I was going to say, as you make your predictions, uh, you should also mention in what order um, who, who Barca should pretty much prioritize in signing and like what order. Bet, start us off. Gotcha. My bad. Um, all right, so I'm actually going to... I'm trying not to be biased here, and I know this is going to sound biased, but I'm going to go with Barca winning. I just feel that this is the year to make the resurgence, and with all the signings, I think... I don't. I, I know it sounds bad, but I think anything less than um, than winning La Liga is, is failure. I and mean, we can win the Copa del Rey, but we got to either win at least... Uh, La Liga or Champions League otherwise I think it's a failure that's my personal opinion but then I do think Real Madrid finish second I think it'll be a very very tight race till the end um, then and you want me delusional sometimes goddamn but okay <laughs> and then I'll go with uh, I think Atletico Madrid will finish third and I know it's boring but I think Sevilla no, 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 I'm not going to go with Sevilla. I'm going to say Real Betis pushes for that fourth place. And then Sevilla finishes fifth. And um, Real Sociedad finishes right below them. But, uh, I think I think it could either it could be either or finishing fourth or fifth in between Sevilla or, um, or Real Betis. And then in my personal opinion, the way Barca should register the players, I think... First, I think first has to be Lewandowski just because of the, I wouldn't necessarily say just because he's the most important one, but I think just because the magnitude of the signing that is, like it, it would just look ridiculous if he was left out after we bought him and made all that whole fiasco buying him. I think it'd be ridiculous if he wasn't registered. So I'd say go Lewandowski. Uh, I'd go Rafinha, Dembele. And then, well, uh, no, I'd say either Rafinha or Dembele, and then the other one put off to the side. And then I'd say it's Franck Cassier, Andreas Christensen, and then uh, then uh, whichever one of the other ones you didn't register would uh, between Rafinha and Dembele, you'd register them afterwards. Well, no, it's called Jules, Jules Koundé. And then the other one of Rafinha and the Bella that you didn't register would be after him. And then I feel like I'm missing someone. I know I'm missing Roberto, but I feel like I'm missing someone else besides him. But I guess not. So that, yeah, I'd go last Roberto just because, um, yeah, I just, unless he's going to be playing right back, I don't see any necessity to be um, registered be uh, registering him right at the moment because it just make no sense. I mean, if he's going to play midfield, then 
there's no reason to register him at the moment because the midfield is stacked. But if he's going to be playing right back, I could see that argument as well. But also, he's been a Barca player for quite a long time, so I feel he'd understand if he was if he wasn't registered. I feel he'd understand it since he's been at the club for so long. But yeah, I think I got all of them though. But yeah, yeah, I agree with most of that. I think I'll start with. Uh... Barcelona transfers, which should be registered first. I agree. I think Lewandowski is your top priority there. Um, after that, I, I think Jules Kunde would be your second. Uh, he would be your starting center back. I think he's better than most of the guys you got in there already. Um, I don't know if he plays on the right or the left of center back, but he's up there. I think after that, After Kessie, I mean, after Jules Kunde, you would go after Kessie and Rafinha after that. And then uh, you got Andreas Christensen. I think he's just more cover. He's not really going to be starting much. And we'll see if they get Bernardo Silva in there as well. I don't think it's going to happen. But if they do, I think Barcelona are finishing first. I would go, if they get Bernardo Silva, they're definitely finishing as champions of La Liga. I think maybe Real Madrid hasn't made the many reinforcements. They were banking on Mbappe, but that never happened. They did get Chouameni, though, but he's one for the future. So I think they will finish second. You got Atleti finishing third, and I'm going to go for Sociedad finishing fourth. Um, I mean, we always see Valencia and Sevilla, but... I don't think they're going to make top four this season, so it's split between them, the fifth and sixth position. But yeah, I do think Real Sociedad will finish in fourth. Also, the reason I mentioned Kunde so low was because he's coming off a of surgery and he hasn't trained as much with the squad, and that's also why I prioritize him a bit lower than the other ones because I feel like we could use it as an excuse that we're letting him nurse's injury a bit, you know, so it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Jesus. Smelling, I mean, for me, um, I don't watch too much of La Liga, but I watched a couple of games, but I think Barca is in trouble. I don't think they're going to win champions. Like, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be champions. I think they'll still make top four. So that's what I'm going to say. Real Madrid win it again. Followed closely by Atletico Madrid. And then in third, I'm going to have Villarreal. Fourth. I'm going to have Sevilla. I mean, not fourth. I'm going to have Barca. Fifth, I'm going to have Sevilla. Sixth, Betis. And seventh is either going to be between Sociedad and, and Valencia. I'm going to go with Valencia in seventh. What about the signings? How would you prioritize them? Signings. Who who are the signings that need to get registered? 
Whereas so the signings are Rafinha, Kunde, Lewandowski, Cassier, and Christensen, and then you also have the contracts of the contract renewals of uh, Bembele and Sergio Roberto. So all of eight, I counted eight players. Is that right? So let me see. No, it's seven. Seven. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I would prioritize trying to register the players that they paid money for. Where did they get that money from? I don't know. It might be Monopoly money. I don't know. But I would prioritize them. Um, uh, so prioritize Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kunde. Well, no, no. First of all, I would prioritize the... The the loyal players, so definitely have to get the contracts for Dembele in first. Then the signings that they paid the money for, you know, so Lewandowski, Rafinha, uh, and Kunde. And then after that, I would consider you know Cassie or Christensen since they were the free ones. And then who else am I missing? Rafinha, Kunde, Lewa, Louis, I mean, Cassier, Christensen, Sergio Roberto, and Dembele. Well, yeah, Sergio Roberto, I would I'll probably do last. Nice, my man. Because he did fall off a pretty hard hill. But yeah. Prioritize Dembele because he's, you know, the youngest and maybe most profitable in the future in case you need to sell players Kunde, and then prioritize the ones you paid money for who? oh yeah Kunde, Kunde. second youngest second youngest but usually attackers are more profitable than defenders usually but that's oh, yeah. that's what Oh, I would prioritize. Wait, Christian, before you talk, I want to I wanna switch my predictions up because Aldo brought up uh, Villarreal, who I totally forgot about. But, uh, I was saying they're yeah, going to finish. Yeah, you were the one that always gave him like, credit. I think when I am, a lot of credit. credit. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to say they finish, um, they finish wherever Sociedad's going to finish, which I think was seventh or sixth. Six, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, bro. Bro, if you think about it, La Liga's top six compared to Premier League's top six is not as prestigious, but I think they could give all of them. A, I think if you played them all against each other, it'd be a good uh, a good go at them. Yeah, and they're all pretty damn good. Even and we're even forgetting about like Athletic Club and Valencia, but I think they could give the the Premier League's like a good run for their money. Yeah, that's off topic anyways, but yeah. No, I agree with you, Soul. I think I'm going to start from the bottom. So sixth place, I think Villarreal will finish there. Fifth place, Real Betis. They're going to finish fifth for Europa League. And I actually have Atletico Madrid finishing fourth in that last Champions League position. In my opinion, didn't strengthen all that much, and they were lucky to finish third last season, only one point ahead of Sevilla. So I think this season they have a bit of a drop-off. And Sevilla, actually, for my money... Made a lot of impressive signings. Well, I say a lot, but I'm only really thinking about 
for the one signing they made earlier this week, which was Isco. And I think that player and that signing will propel them to new heights this season. I mean, well, it's only one position higher, but I think it's still a remarkable achievement. And then I have Shocker, Real Madrid finishing second and Barca finishing first. So no, absolute no bias there. But as far as Barcelona signings, I mean, I was going to say they should prioritize Lewandowski first, but I agree with all those arguments saying that they should prioritize those players that have been there and have been loyal. And I think Dembele, if you can get that player registered first, he was there last season. You guys saw what he could bring to Barca last season. Wait, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I, was, I, I had an argument to that, but I'll, but I'll let you finish and then I'll tell you my argument. So yeah, um, Dembele, I would prioritize him first, then Lewandowski, and then I would actually prioritize Kunde because he is going to elevate that defense to new levels. And then probably Rafinha. Yeah, I'd go Rafinha, Kese, Christensen, and we all know who's last, and that's Sergio Roberto. I hope they don't get to register him. I hope they come to a mutual agreement to terminate his contract and he leaves the club on a free. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, either that happens or he, he gets registered last. You know why I honest thought about when he got renewed? Because I think Xavi, on the back of his mind, was like, damn, if we if the situation really is as bad as it's going to be and we don't sign anyone, he's like, at least... He's like, oh, we can renew Sergio Roberto and I'll have him around. He's like, it's probably better than nothing. Um, no, I was going to quickly just say about the, how you guys said reward the players that have been there, but I disagree with that because if you remember, Dembele made the club look like a fool. Um, he pretty much ran down his contract. He wanted to leave, as a matter of fact, because then, you know, as we mentioned in other episodes, he overvalued himself. And no clubs were willing to pay his transfer, his uh, salary, nor the commission his agent was demanding. And same with Sergio Roberto. I remember uh, those reports that his agent was like, I have, um, cause they were asking him when they were asking him to renew. He's like, I have better offers from better clubs. He's like, the offer you guys are making me is disrespectful. So that's the reason why I, I, I disagree with when you guys say reward those players because Dembele, if you remember, he rejected like, a contract back in December and then he rejected it back in like when the season was almost over and then now that he had pretty much no offers he came back running to the club and was like I'll take whatever you offer me at this point so it doesn't go any lower so yeah that's why I disagree with you guys on that point I mean I'm not saying I, I didn't say reward I said on the basis of principle because they agreed on the contract renewal for him well, all of them Agreed on a contract. No, yeah, I'm, I know that, but basically, he's been—he's the one. Like, it's more not a reward. It's more based on principle and based on the time that he's already been there. Which you could be argued the same about Sergio Roberto, but Sergio Roberto for me is a special case because now it comes uh, for him. It comes down to uh, ability. All right, let's move on, y'all, to our last segment for this week's pod, our fiftieth episode. And, you know, it's a bit over. It's a bit long, but I think it's our 50th episode, so we can get away with doing this. But no, dude, Premier League pick them. And what I want to do different this week is, or this go around is, highlight each week how many points we score in our own little league. So to highlight last week, both Chris and I finished with 12 points. Aldo finished with 14th. And Saul, 
Big ups to him. Finished with 22, so he's currently number first right now, or number one in our table. But everything can change on a dime, and that can happen this week. So let's whip out our NBC Sports Predictors app and play the Premier League Pick'em. Chris, for those that don't know, you want to explain what the NBC Premier League Pick'em is? Yeah, so the NBC Predictor app, uh, just download it on the App Store every week. There are five new matches, new fixtures that you can predict. You can predict the score, who's going to be the winner. And uh, if you get them right, you win 50K bonus prize. So that's what we're trying to do every week. And let's start off with the first one. Looks like Man City versus Bournemouth. I think Man City Wait, win this easy. Before we start, I have a question. Hey. For all our non-players out there and first-time players, how is the point system go? Looks like uh, if you get the exact score, you get 10 points. If you get the correct outcome, you get 4 points. If you get the wrong outcome, you get 0 points. Thank you, my good sir. And for that first one, Man City versus Bournemouth, I, I think Man City win this comfortably 3-0. Chris, I know you said we play for a jackpot of 50 grand, but more than that, bro, we're playing for pride. We're playing for our <laughs> manlyhood. Dude, our, our manlyhood is on the line right here. You know, the chance to come back with your with your friends and say, ha, huh, you dumbass bitch. You remember when you said this <laughs> wrong and I got this right? Oh, yeah. Especially when it's uh when it's someone else's team. <laughs> like like <laughs> last week with Man United. I think Saul was the only one that predicted Brighton to win. And we all at least predicted Man United to, t- to draw or to, to win. But no, nah, man. I told you. I yeah, tried exactly. to preach to you guys. No. These are the moments we play for, Chris. The moments right now where I can tell Aldo, ha, you dumbass. You predicted Man United to win. <laughs> Look at your club, boy. Losing to Brighton without Kukurea. You dumbass. Mm. All right, I'm satisfied. With that being said, Man City, 5 0. You're going to get outscored in the, in the Classico, just saying. Swear to God. You won't even be able to register <laughs> your goddamn players. That's the banter we live we for. An, at least we have an excuse. You guys are just ass. At least what, sir? At least we have an excuse. You guys are just ass. An excuse? Yeah. An excuse? Barcelona yeah. using excuses? That's what you've come down to now? Damn. How the mighty have fallen. Can't register players and shit and now coming up with excuses? So we can register players. <laughs> I explained this no. to you. We what did we just we... talk about for the last 30 minutes? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I told you. I told you this off the off the pod. I said we could register four to five players, but the club would prefer to do them all at the same time in order not to like get bad blood. Nah, nah, nah. You still can't register. Like, yes, we can. Not all at the same time. If you yeah, can't register can. all at the same time, you can't register players. Yeah, you can. Nah, nah, nah. Then what would register still, four wait. to five players? You were saying City would. City winning comfortably or whatever. Yeah, five nil. I mean, dude, we saw what City can do away from home last week, and with De Bruyne feeding Holland, dude, Holland is just gonna feast this season. So yeah, I think five nil. You know what? This might be the first week where the Etihad has more fans than Old Trafford. It's not gonna be the first time. What the second time then? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll make my prediction next. I'm going to go. I agree with Christian. I think it is going to be a, um, uh, 
Uh, I can't think of a word in English, but I'll go to Yana. But I don't think it's going to be five. I think it's going to be four. It's going to be four now. I think Erling Haaland will get a hat trick, and then he'll tear his ACL, and there goes Man City's hopes of winning the title. Right. I don't know, man. Bournemouth's in second right now. City's in fourth. It's going to be a tough matchup. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I think City's going to win quite comfortably. I still think uh, those, you know, four or five nil score predictions are further, are a couple more games further away into the season. I'm going to say they're going to win it again, two nil. Yo, real quick before we move on to the next match, did anyone see Bournemouth beating Villa last week two nil? Because that caught me by surprise, dude. I think we all picked Bournemouth to go down in relegation, but no, they got off with a good, off to a good start. I think that's beginner's luck, though. I definitely don't think that's going to happen again. All right, Mr. Chris, host, what's the next match? Next prediction here would be Brentford versus Man United. I think Man United win this one 2-1. I think Ronaldo um, gets a late goal here, and I think the fans are going to fall in love with him yet again. Nah. Nah, dude. United Mm -hmm. actually winning the Premier League match away from home? Nah. It's Ronaldo, bro. He didn't do anything last week against even inferior opposition, but no. All seriousness. He created a chance, and Rashford, I think, missed it. Yeah, Rashford's head-ass. He played so poor. Ronaldo, I, don't know, I don't know why PSG are linked with him, honestly. But Ronaldo was you know, offside. They want his, uh, his PR support. Damn. That's actually a good tactical move. But no. I mean, I said United's going to draw last week, and they lost. I think they're going to. I'm going to tell. I'm going to say they're going to draw this week, and they're probably going to win. But I'm going to go for a draw. I think one-one. Yeah, I think they draw this week. I think it's a two-two draw, though. Brentford, I think, will cause them trouble, especially since they got um, the the transfer of Mikal Damsgaard is official now. He's a good player, a youngster, but. Um, I think he got an injury last season because he was linked to a lot of big clubs after his big Euro tournament, but he got injured and I think he has a form of arthritis in his knee or something, and that's why a lot of teams backed off. But I think he'll be good for Brentford for like a couple seasons. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a 2-2 draw. Dang, those are all good shouts. Um I know that if Harry Maguire starts, United is not going to keep a clean sheet for sure. So Brentford definitely got one goal in them. I'm going to I'm gonna go with Chris on this one. I'm going to say United's going to edge out the win at 2-1. But I don't think it's going to be like in the 90th minute or anything like that. But they're going to edge out the win 2-1. All right, after that one, we got Nottingham Forest, newly re- newly promoted club, first time in the Premier League in a while, versus West Ham, and I think West Ham win this 2-0. Yeah, man, both teams coming off a 2-0 loss last week, West Ham to City and Forest to Newcastle, but nah, dude, Forest is at home for this game. It is their first time game in the Premier League, so I think they're going to win. You know, I think... They're going to have beginner's luck for the first time. And 
I think West Ham looked very poor against City last week, so I'm going to go for 2-1 to Nottingham Forest. Well, I'm going to go with the exact same score, but I'm going to go for it to West Ham. I think both these clubs have made a lot of good signings, especially Nottingham. You can look at the transfer they made, they're really not trying to get relegated this season, but I do think West Ham has a stronger squad. They have made some good signings as well, so I think they edged out 2-1. Dang, those are good shouts there. I mean, West Ham's going to have a a good game there. I mean, they're going against a historically better club than City. So, I think they're going to edge out, you know. I think it's going to be a 2-2 draw in this game. All right, the next one, Chelsea versus Spurs. I think this one is going to be a draw. It's going to be scored. It's going to be 2-2, I think. And it's going to be a good game. I think this is biggest game of the season so far. I know it's only match week two. But two top four candidates. Let's see if... I don't know. I think it's going to be a draw. But I think Spurs maybe has the upper hand here. Arguably match of the week. I mean, two teams from the top six going head-to-head. But no, I think Chelsea... Although they got the win last week, I think they were very poor in their showing. Whereas Spurs were very exciting. And I was originally going to go with a 2-1, but now I think Spurs are going to win more comfortably than that. I think it's going to be 3-1 to Spurs. Yeah, I agree with uh, the result. I do think you said it best. You know, they won last week, but they didn't look that good. Um yeah, and they still haven't bought in any new signings this week, so I... I don't see them winning. I, I'm gonna say it's a. I'm gonna say two nil to Tottenham. Two nil Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Mm, not a bad shout. Not gonna lie. Um, like Chris, I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think it's gonna be, you know, back and forth between these two London teams. I'm gonna back Tottenham to edge out the window. And eventually, you know, they're going to win 4-2. But I think it's going to be a very good game for sure. And hopefully, um, Kulu, Kulusevsky keeps that, you know, form going. Hopefully, Sun and Kane can, got on, can get on the score sheet too. But I think Tottenham are definitely going to edge out the win here 4-2. 4-2? Yes, sir. Yeah, Spurs is looking pretty impressive. I'm going to say the next one, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. This is the fifth and final game we're predicting. And I think Liverpool win this pretty easily, pretty comfortably. I know Crystal Palace were really good last season, but they did lose Conor Gallagher. So maybe their attacking front will take a hit from that. I know Eberichi Eze is due to come back from injury. Don't know if he's fit now, but... I think he'll be their main creator once he gets back in there. But that's not going to be enough for this. I think Liverpool are winning 2-0. You know what, dude? Sometimes with these Premier League predictions, you got to go rogue just to throw yourself out there and maybe win 50 grand. And that's what I'm going to do here. I think Liverpool will continue with their mediocre start to the Premier League season. And I think they're going to actually draw. It's going to be another 2-2 result like they had last week with Fulham. So, yeah, Palace are on the up, even though they lost in their opener. But 
I think they'll slowly pick momentum back up. And yeah, they've always been known to give the top six a good fight. So I think it's going to be a draw, 2-2. That might come back to bite me in the ass, but you know, you got to roll the dice. I'm going to go with a Liverpool 3-1 win. Um, Christian mentioned it, but they had a bad showing last week, and I think uh, they're going to want to fix on that. And I think they are going to um, show that they are better than what they showed versus Fulham. So I think for that reason, they, they're going to punish Crystal Palace, and they're going to win 3-1. You know, I'm just going to copy and paste that. I'm going to say the same thing, 3-1. Liverpool is definitely going to want to come back from that um, bad result they had at, at Fulham. So, yeah, 3-1. That is going to be it for a Premier League predictor. And, yeah, we'll see who wins out this week. And that is also going to be it for this episode, this 50th episode of 90 and 60 Plus, y'all. I mean, I doubt there's many people out there that have been here with us through this journey, episode 1 to 50, but... If there is anyone, thank you. And if anyone's brand new to listening, thank you as well for joining. But yeah, guys, here's to 50 more. So as always, thanks for listening. Check out our socials at 90 and 60 pod on Twitter and TikTok. There's actually a new video out there. So go check that out. A sneak peek from last week's podcast. And yeah, we'll probably get another video up uh, sometime later this week. As always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Adios. Later, y'all. Have a good one. Yeah, see you guys next week. Like Chris said, thank you all for listening out there. We appreciate the, the support, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>